Welcome back, everybody, to the From the Stands podcast. I'm Alec Wojcik here with Alex Rodriguez in the conference finals. Have mm-hmm. come and gone. Alex is depressed. And yeah, so LAFC, he's been Cincinnati, crumbled to the Columbus crew. What is, we, that, what is that intro, what? bro? How, what do you, how mean, you just what intro? introduce me and they go, oh, yeah, I'm depressed? Because you are depressed. No, I, well, at least I... I went further in the playoffs than you and Austin, so congratulations. I can't, I can't be that depressed. Of, same amount of trophies at the end of the day. All right, yeah, the, the important ones. All right, go ahead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, LAFC dust off Houston to go to another MLS Cup final. Columbus right. shocks everybody. They come back from 2-0 down and beat Cincinnati. I think we should just start off with the Cincinnati versus Columbus game. You know, we'll get it. We'll save I the agree. best for last. Oh, also, I want to throw this out there uh, for all you Atlanta United fans. Uh, your boy T- Almada just announced on ESPN Argentina that he wants to go to Europe. <laughs> Wait, did he actually? Yeah, he just said, I want to go to Europe now. So, you know. Nice, nice. Yeah, so congrats, Atlanta. You know, you guys are losing one of your best players. So, hey. That money is going to be big, though. That transfer yeah, it fee will be, be yep. massive. But I just thought that was funny that a player announced that he wanted to leave the club on uh, ESPN Argentina. So congratulations to him. Let's get into the game. Uh, so as we talked about before, Cincinnati are hosting uh, Columbus. Columbus shocked. I think they shocked a couple of people. They beat Orlando. Orlando, you know, they crumbled per usual. Then they get to the game against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's the hot favorites. They won the supporter shield after finishing pretty much the bottom. I mean, you know something about that, finishing bottom every single season. Um, then we get into the game. Everything's going as expected. Brandon Vasquez yeah. opens the scoring right before halftime. Uh, Acosta gets a free kick, and he curls that thing in. The MVP scores. It's 2-0. Cincinnati are running away with it. But everybody knows that 2-0 is the most dangerous lead in soccer. And that's what happened to Cincinnati. Um, I didn't watch the second half. I'm not going to lie. I, I watched the, the first two goals, and I was like, okay, Cincinnati is just going to come away with the game. Um, then I look at my phone, and next thing I know, it says 3-2. Yeah, man. Dude, so, I mean, you saw you saw the first two goals. What, what did you think of Brandon Vasquez's finish? It was good. Is it, is, it, is it good enough to beat Trinidad and Tobago? Obviously not. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I just wanted your opinion. Um, and then, did you see the foul for Acosta's free kick? Wasn't it a little soft, if I remember it correctly? There was or... no foul. Oh, there was no foul. Yeah, so essentially Vasquez is running kind of like diagonally away from the goal on the edge of the 18. And he trips over his own foot. But because oh. the the I forgot I forgot what player it was, but one of the center backs I think was uh covering in uh from behind and it looked as if he tripped Brandon Vasquez. But on well, another angle, didn't matter, did it? it no, nope. and uh, I mean I f- I feel like if I was a a Columbus Crew fan being two 0 down at halftime, I would have said goodbye, all my hopes and dreams. It looked like everything was fading away from them, but in the second half, that's when everything changed. It's honestly, I mean, it took a while for them to get back in the game. I think it was the 75th minute when they mm-hmm. made the game 2-1. Then Diego Rossi, the former LAFC man, equalized, put 2-2. And then, yeah, they go, the game goes to overtime. In the 115th minute, Ramirez scores. Uh, they played a ball across the box. 
forgot what player it was. I mean, I don't know everybody in the MLS. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. Headed across. Then it was just an easy finish for Ramirez. Columbus, they are out of nothing. Out of nothing. They thought they were dead and buried. Then they came back 3-2. Cincinnati all over the ground. The fans are silent. Everybody's crying. It's crazy. It's crazy. Because <laughs> who would have thought out of all teams at this point in like the season, Columbus crew would be the one to go to the, the MLS Cup final. That's the weird thing about the MLS. You can never really say what team is the best and what team. Like, it's not like England, all right? We have Man City. They won the the Premier League, what, three times in a row. Liverpool's done the same thing over the past, like, X amount of years. In the MLS, every single season it can change, except for LAFC, mm -hmm. I guess, because they're back in the in, in the final again. That's what's the most, most exciting about it. That's why uh, what I enjoy most about watching this league the underdog story, the teams that you don't expect. Because look at it, St. Louis, everybody thought they were going to finish bottom. They finished at the top of the Western. Obviously, they got humbled by their rivals, Kansas City. But like I said, Columbus crew, out of nothing, they beat the number one team in the MLS, the Cincinnati. They beat FC Cincinnati. Supporter Shield doesn't even really matter. I mean, no. it, it only no, matters yeah, let's, if let's be perform. honest, yeah. yeah. If you're winning the support shield, like no, no one actually really cares. I mean, it's one thing to be the best team in terms of points, but if you go into the playoffs and you're you're not necessarily producing and you're also holding on um, for the second half, I, I don't think anyone really cares. Uh, I mean, are they're going to be in the Concacaf Champions League, right? I'm honestly not sure how it all works. Like, okay. there's there's weird. There's really weird like qualifying things. Uh, they mm -hmm. might, they okay. might. It depends. I don't know. Well, I guess yeah, we'll man. see whenever the stuff comes out. Well, look, I I think Columbus did uh, actually really well this game. They they had sixty four percent of the ball. Uh, I think it was actually really good position or possession. They had, they had really good passes coming around the box. Um, they broke Cincinnati's uh, high line pretty well, and then they had a a few diagonal balls. Uh, on the counter, which I think really kind of obstructed the uh, Cincinnati's defense. But I think overall, I think Columbus crew really um, were very unlucky in the first half uh, to, to not score a goal. I mean, they had a total of 26 shots. I mean, who really takes 26 shots at, at TQL? So that's that's a really big, um, I mean, not, not understatement, but it's a really big achievement. Uh, and then, of course, they, they only had eight shots on target, but I feel like every shot they had on target was really um it, was it, it really yeah it really it, it really required a save from the keeper so i i think columbus crew deserves a lot of credit because they, they came to tql the stadium was booming uh hell is hell is real and of course they come away with you know a 3-2 win um i think we expected a little bit more from cincinnati though uh one thing i wanted to touch on was uh lucho acosta he was oh. He was uh he was walking around for like forty minutes near the end of the game. Uh, That's your MVP for you. Yeah, he, he spent twenty minutes and extra time doing nothing. Um, and then before we even got to extra time, I, I feel like he should have got subbed off because his team was suffering because of him. Uh, just walking around the field, not pressing, um, as well as um, so as soon as Columbus scored their third goal, or in the build up to Columbus's third goal. Uh, Lucho Acosta receives the ball on the touchline and he tries to do a like flick up with the back of his heel. So he flicks the ball up and tries to flick the, the ball with the back of his heel over the defender. But he fails miserably and starts limping off. 
and then he doesn't trek back, of course, because he already feels like he's injured, or he is. And then Columbus score off of it, and they go 3-2 up. And for me, it was just like a big disappointment, you know, if I was a, a Cincinnati fan, where I'm like, why is our MVP doing, <laughs> like, the best player in the league trying to do a flick up in our own half, and we're already receiving balls all across the 18 the whole time? That's exactly how they get scored on. So I feel like Cincinnati fans are definitely going to feel upset with him, but I think to come as far as they have, I think they'll really appreciate it, especially coming from last season. Yeah, I mean, that begs the question of, like, obviously you want to keep your best players on the field the entire game, no matter what. Um, Obviously, maybe the manager thought that they were going to go to penalties, possibly, at that point in, this, in, the, in the game, and he wanted to keep one of his better penalty takers on the field. I'm not sure, but yeah. It, it yeah, was a miserable I'm, like effort from him towards the, the end of the game. Yeah, it's hard too because of course you want to keep your best player on the pitch, but if you if you see your best player limping around the seventieth minute, why are you gonna you? I feel like you need to make a bold decision to keep the game locked and to try to at least even get yourself to penalties when Columbus Crew is completely taking over the game when they're two one down. So I feel like it's best make a substitution. Of course, with hindsight. You know, it's better to it's better for us to make that decision. But, you know, with 20 minutes left and you're basically down one man, it's it's rough. And then they make it to penalties, which is fine. But then or they don't make it to penalties. they make it to extra time. And then it's like, all right, now we're still stuck with 10 men. So I, I don't know. It, it was rough kind of watching that whole sequence. But Columbus crew, they come out victory victorious 3-2 over Cincinnati Cincinnati and they get knocked out end of story but let's take into account that Cincinnati was one of the worst teams ever since they came into the MLS from the USL mm -hmm. and this has been a crazy season for them one of the best teams to watch best teams to play against no I mean nobody wants wanted to play against them <laughs> and man they they were good they had a really good year and hopefully they can build off that I don't know what's going to happen next year I mean yeah I imagine Acosta will stay. Miazga, let's see how long he's suspended for. Um, because you know, he's got a he's got a temper. Um yeah. well, we've all known that if you've ever seen a US national team game, especially that one versus Mexico, where mm -hmm. he called uh Diego, whatever his name is, the the overrated Mexican prospect, called him short. But anyway, um but we'll see what's gonna happen. Brandon Vasquez, maybe he's on the move at the end of the season. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of prospects that I think are gonna event like leave the mls at the end of the season but we're gonna see moving on though to lafc versus houston dynamo oh alex 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 <laughs> you were so hopeful man you were so hopeful and then your team let you down they sucked let's be honest houston did not play yeah. good at all they did not there was, I like I'm just watching a game. I was like, damn, this is super, super boring. Like Houston is not right. doing what they usually do. I mean, I guess LAFC was all over you. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was but, just gonna say, like, I think for us, I I just give credit to LAFC. They did really well defensively and they, they played like a mix of a high line, but they knew as a team when to not press the ball even after a high line. Um, they knew when to come back and still defend. I don't think it helped that a lot of our players were terrible on the ball. I think let's just be frank here. They were, they were terrible on the ball. Coca Kaskia in particular. I think he'll receive a lot of crap for the game. But um, I think LAFC did really well. 
uh, one of our strong points going into the game was Nelson Quinones on the left-hand side. And LAFC locked him up. Uh, Ryan's Haw- Hollingshead, uh, I, I hate to say it. He did Legend. well, uh, but I think the main reason why we Quinones got locked up was because of Murillo. Um, they intentionally put Jesus Maria out wide as soon as the ball got crossed. Uh, it was a 2v1. I think that really kind of set the tone for the game. And so we kept trying to switch to Quinones. Nothing was really being created there. We kept losing the ball. And then we're getting countered. The important part about LAFC's counter is they already know to go diagonal on their counter. They go straight from Hollingshead into Ilie, uh, uh, Tillman, Acosta, or even uh, Carlos Vela, and they get the switch on to Danny Boanga. And that was really important because they would just continuously expose us when Dorsey would go get up the pitch. Um, and then it's basically, a, you know, maybe a 2v1 with Mikael or Sviachenko. And only Mikael is quick. And if Boanga is one-on-one with um, Sviachenko, we're, we're basically screwed. So I, I give props to LAFC, although I don't think anyone can really hold up hold up their head um, leaving the, the dynamo pitch. Dynamo pitch. Was, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, was a, it was just a poor performance overall for me, yeah. guys. When I was watching the game, LAFC, every single chance that you guys had locked up. You, yep. I don't know. Hector Herrera did not seem like he the way he's usually been this entire season or this playoffs. He also has a very bad temper. He, I, in my opinion, he could have got sent off uh, for the yellow <laughs> card that he got and then the reaction that he had towards the referee afterwards. Yeah. You see him doing this all the time, but you don't want to see that from your captain, especially in a semifinal <laughs> before the MLS Cup when your team desperately needs you because, geez, man, I don't know. Greg Olsen... Uh, ben Olsen. I don't know. I keep calling ben him Greg. Olsen. I keep yeah. calling him Greg, man. <laughs> you have some obsession with, with uh, Berhalter. I just hate him so much. But anyway, Ben Olsen, I don't think he got the substitutions right. I think the substitutions that he made, very lackluster. Didn't provide anything, really. It was just a yep. kind of, shoot, go on the field, see if you can try to do anything. But honestly, LAFC is one of the best coached teams in the league. They Their quality all over the field is just insane. They... I don't know. Maybe it's because their coach is super good or you have Chiellini back there who's just preaching to uh, the back line and maybe even some of the midfielders in there what to do. But geez, man, like LAFC just looks super good this entire mm-hmm. game. And it's going to be an interesting watch versus Columbus. I'll say that. It, it, no, it'll be a very good game against Columbus because Columbus is like us with more attacking quality. So I expect Columbus to go into that game with a lot more flair to the game, a lot more control. And I expect LAFC to, to still go in with the same game plan of still just, you know, lock, locking up, um, you know, any long diagonal balls, which Columbus can do. Um, but I think in particular, you know, like you said, I I think LAFC just won the midfield. They, uh, Ilya, Acosta, Tillman, I think they did really well in the transition. They really exposed Hector Herrera's legs uh, defensively. And then also, as soon as you beat Amin Basi and arguably Coca Cascia, if he's not up the pitch, you really, you're kind of already against the four of the back line and possibly Artur if he's not caught out of position. So that leaves you kind of maybe with a 5v4 advantage, 5v5, and, you know, man for man. And I think anyone in the league is going to go for LAFC to, to win man for man in an attacking position. 
So I think um, I, I, I just the Dynamo didn't have anything. It, we no. had nothing going forward. Um, I feel bad because when I look down the pitch with Corey Baird up top going down, um, Baird didn't have a good performance, but he wasn't on the ball at all. There was no service into him. Credit to LAFC. Ken Jonas kept losing the ball 2v1 on the left side of the pitch. I mean, Bossy, he was terrible. He had no options when he had to turn. Uh, credit to LAFC for locking up those options. And then Coco Karaskia, I think he gave the ball away around like, you know, 10, 15 times. And, a, you know, Western Conference semifinal against LAFC. Like, that's just unacceptable at the end of the day. Uh, I think every Dynamo fan will tell you he did bad, but I know at the end of the day, you know, it, it doesn't just come down to him, especially when you have Hector Herrera on the pitch. And Herrera didn't, he didn't do that much either. Uh, usually he does a lot of dictating on the ball, but that didn't change much. I don't know if that could have been a decision from Ben Olsen to possibly change up some tactics, but nothing nothing changed throughout the game. At least that's what it felt like. It just felt like the same thing. Try and get our tempo down. Uh, try and pass the ball around with, with no options going forward. And it just kept limit we kept limiting ourselves and i think i i give credit to the players because at some points they did try to be courageous and try and take on defenders uh, but as soon as you beat the first one you you just run out of options so uh being away from home you probably you probably feel a little bit um unease about yourself and decisions going forward you're probably a lot more comfortable to to get um you know to go backwards and make negative passes so I don't know, man, even Griffin Dorsey, we, we've had a lot of hype about him, but we knew that if we were to play Griffin Dorsey and he's bombing down the right hand side, we're going to have Buanga coming straight away the other way. And LAFC is the exact type of team to and one to two passes, get him up the pitch and Buanga can score from almost any angle. Um, I hate to keep to keep going on this, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, Oliveira was a very solid player that I don't think many people uh, are talking about in this game very, Oliveira, very good he was very good i was actually i remember seeing him on the sheet and i was like look i don't i think we can probably take advantage of him i don't think he'll be too great but he he was amazing he he had franco escobar going everywhere uh i think he made him like slip and fall at one point going like getting around him and like one to two touches it, it, it was he, he he had an amazing game so and then um Carlos Vela as well. He, we already knew his attacking threat, but two minutes into the game, he was already hitting the ball off the crossbar. So I already knew I was in for a long night, even before the game started. And you know, it's it's unfortunate, but um, I think this off season is really going to be important for us. So where do you think? Where do you see the Dynamo going from here? Because as we said, a lot of the they've already made some of their contract decisions. They're still in talks yeah. with other people. Coco Carrasquilla probably going to leave. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. More than we'll likely. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Aston Villa is interested. I, at least I saw that. Um, oh, interesting. That's a, okay. That's a big payday for you guys if it's true. Um, yeah. But where do, you, where do you see this Houston Dynamo squad going? Taking into consideration the possible fourth designated player spot coming in, mm -hmm. and then the hype that you guys built around the city. I don't even know if you built it around the city. Let's be honest here. But the hype that you guys have been building around this team, mm -hmm. what, what do you think this team's going to go next year? Well, look, let me tell you the important players who aren't going to be returning. So we have Teenage Hadebi. He is our our center back DP, 
who will be who will not be renewing his contract uh, for next season. So that's very important because I knew that if we're to open up a DP spot, it would have to be him gone. I don't know what's going on with Ferreira at the moment, <laughs> our number nine out in Paraguay, but we'll He's see. He's getting I into hope, fights. I, yeah. I hope I hope he gets bought out by the club uh, and we can move forward from him. But I think it's important that we get we move on from a Hadebi. Um, and then next is uh, Ivan Franco. Uh, didn't really feature this much or that much this season, so I was kind of happy to see him leave. Even though he scored maybe a couple important goals, but nothing too crazy. Um, so the ones the ongoing discussions are going to be Corey Baird and Griffin Dorsey. Uh, Corey Baird is asking for an extreme sum of money, so I am open to him leaving the club. Even though is he worth think- that money? He is not worth 600k i'll say that so <laughs> so i i don't know what's going to happen with him but if he does leave the club that means we're going to be in need of a striker um aliu is not first choice uh, i don't know if you saw him when he came off the bench the our nigerian striker uh, so i'm hoping that we open up a, a dp spot for a striker if we get a dp striker i think we completely change the dynamic of our team and we can, you know, maybe start competing at a higher level. So him and Griffin Dorsey will be, uh, you know, looking to renew their contract. I hope we renew Griffin Dor- Dorsey's contract. He was amazing as a right back this season. Uh, but I think to answer your question, wh- wh- how do we look moving forward? The, the, we only go up from here if we if we improve our bench. Um, our bench is terrible. When when you see our substitutes going into the into the game against LAFC, every every substitute you're like who 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 it, it doesn't make sense. And they so suck. for yeah for us to even make an MLS Cup final, we got to have quality coming off the bench. And mm. so you know for I think that's that's our first step improving our bench. I think our starting eleven is good. It's a solid eleven um, that took us arguably you know more more than half of the season to figure out, which I was okay with um to build up to build up some chemistry but without without a better bench we we cannot improve as a team so if we improve our bench i can see us probably next year you know making playoffs and hopefully getting to the semifinal again um maybe even the final who knows but it's being pretty optimistic knowing hector herrera is aging um if we don't if we don't improve our bench um I, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. It's so you really have a limited number of like you have a short period of time to kind of figure out what you guys are going to do, because like you said, Hector Herrera, he is aging. Who knows what's going to happen with him whenever the, when does his contract expire? I imagine it expires after this next season. I, I actually imagine so, too. I don't know when his contract expires, but I doubt he signed a very long term contract. That's fair. So how I see it is you kind of. Got it. Like you guys made it this far this season. You guys have a lot of space opened up in terms of designated player spots. This is the time to just push for a title. You guys got to win something soon. Like if you take uh, take into account the in the NFL, the Los Angeles Rams, right? They went out and traded their entire future so that they could win one championship. And they did. They did just that. So <laughs> I, I don't know how you would exactly relate it to uh, or like turning into the soccer terms in the mls but mm-hmm. i feel like that's something you guys could do with also yeah. building towards the future because we've heard chicharito might possibly 
be coming to Houston. I mean, he just we'll got see. got off a torn ACL, so I don't know how fresh he is. Jose yep. Martinez is also on the market. Just saying. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why yeah. I'm like telling you guys ideas. I hate you guys. <laughs> no, I mean it's true. I think um, I think for us, it, it, it's a hard one. I think we could definitely be a team that is going to try and build something very short term and try and push for a title in one year. I think the problem I have with that is that although I would love to win another title, I I do not want to build a team that's built for short term success. I'd rather have a team built for long term success and and build a new culture. I think that's been a, a long time problem with the Dynamo is trying to make short term success. Um, and plain and simple, it, it doesn't work with us. So I think in order for the city to even get behind us, we got to have a solid team that people can come to and expect to win. Um, I think that's that's step number one. And then, um, you know, if we can keep building off of continuously making the playoffs, I, I think we have a good chance of building on top of that. But first, we got to build, you know, some stepping stones. Uh, I'd rather that than, you know, build a short-term team because I, I think the Dynamo and Houston itself with how big of a city it needs or it is and it needs more people coming to the games and people aren't going to go to you know a team that's like the Colorado Rapids right now so dang taking a shot at them and they're not even I know they weren't even <laughs> I, I don't know man. today man I could have just said ourselves man like I, I didn't even need to say Colorado people aren't even going to our game so <laughs> everyone dang. knows how empty our stadium is just shooting them when they're already down, man. It's just this is wild. You're right. I mean, right. I sorry. think you guys just need to just continue signing more uh, Mexican national team players. Like, I agree. Just catering to the demographic of Houston. I mean, like you said, look at when Hector Herrera signed when we went to the 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 Texas Derby. And he debuted. Yeah. Packed. Everybody's there. I mean, I've never seen more people in your stadium ever. There's never, there's never been that many people in your stadium. Let's be honest here. There, there's never. But that's just one step for you guys. But who knows? We'll see next season. So LAFC versus Columbus Crew in Columbus, yep. Ohio for the MLS Cup Final. What are our predictions? What are we saying right now? I well, mean, look, man, um, I'm going – dude, it's, it's a hard one, man. I'm going with LAFC. I would say LAFC too, but – I do think that Columbus will give LAFC a run for their money. It will, they will. And maybe they'll shock everybody. Who knows? I mean, they won in 2020. They won it in 2020 over Seattle Sounders. Yep. They're trying to add a third star to that chest. They're trying to, and then LAFC is trying to add another one and get back to the CONCACAF Champions League. I don't know. It's a lot of stuff that's going to happen uh, coming up, and I'm excited to watch it. I think it's going to be a really good final. I it think will be. Columbus is a very, you know, surprising but exciting team lafc is lafc so i mean we're in for we're in for a really really good final yeah you, you know who i wish um uh, or I, I would i would like to see darlington nag me more um dude i mean he was he was amazing against cincinnati he was you couldn't get the ball off of him i know he's good he, i've never yeah. i've never thought he was bad even despite all no. the people who would like, once we got this new generation of talent for the U.S. national team and everybody forgot about all the other guys who've been there since, I mean, day one, mm. I've never said I didn't like him. 
Same thing with Josie Altidore. I never <laughs> not liked him. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of players that, you know, I, I would like. And Darlington Nagby is one of them. I don't even think Darlington Nagby or Josie Altidore was part of like an old like era for the national team. I think they just played at like the, the national team at the wrong time. Not like they okay. had a choice, right? Like they can just yeah. decline a, an invitation. But I think they were just part of the, t- you know, some of the teams that just everyone viewed us so bad that, you know, we had to get rid of them. So I kind of wish Darlington Nagby was still associated with the national team because he was he was amazing. Maybe we'll see him in San Antonio in January. And speaking of which, this is outrageous. Man, I go to look at the I go to look at the tickets to see how much they are, you know, whatever this. Why is it 70 plus dollars to go see the US national team C team against Slovenia in a USL stadium? Why is it that much? That's how ridiculous. much are they? It's like I think general admission is like 70 so you'd be going over to like the the standing side where the san antonio support oh there's not even like a real standing side it's no more it's like, not it's a slope yeah. it goes down <laughs> yeah it goes down it's, really. a ramp. Yeah. it's a ramp it's not yeah. an actual supporter section i missed when they were in that little corner at the yeah. at the other side of the stadium that's mm-hmm. 70 dollars. and if you want a freaking seat it's like 130 not including the the ticket fees that Ticketmaster decides to put in their stuff but yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Almost <laughs> as ridiculous as the MLS Cup final, uh, whatever, tickets as well. Yeah, I'm actually looking for that right now. I can pull it up. Um, yeah, pull that up because, yeah, that was ridiculous. I don't know if they yeah. are now. When I looked originally, they were 500 because me and Alex were considering, <laughs> considering going. Well, they're like, they're like fluctuating right now. So when I pulled it up on my phone, they were around 140 um right now right now they're about 300 oh damn yeah so and a lot of the a lot of the seats are still empty so they haven't even sold out yet so i'm not even i'm not even worried about it i'll probably we'll probably give it a couple more days and if it drops down to about 150 or less i I think we should buy them yeah well we gotta see that but i guess that's where you guys find out that we possibly possibly might go to the mls cup final it all depends, honestly, because I mean, none of our teams are playing. No, I mean, it'd be just, great to like to go over there, bundle up, and just watch like a really fast-paced game. I think I think that would be great. Yeah, you, you want to bundle up? I'm just I'm kidding, you, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna let you sit in silence, bro. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's your fault. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway. So that's what we got on the schedule: LAFC versus Columbus in Columbus. It's gonna be an exciting final. Who? Who's going to add another star to their jersey? Probably be LAFC, honestly. But I'm Columbus, going to LAFC, yeah. Columbus does have a good, good, strong lineup. They also have people coming off the bench for them. So we're going to see. But other than that, there's not much going on in the soccer world. Uh, U.S. national team doesn't play again until January. This is the We're coming to the end of the MLS season. Then we have a long offseason until we get to February and March, whenever it is. So it's going to be a little down i don't know what i mean our podcast is gonna do during that whole time because last year we had the world cup i was gonna say man i'm really missing the world cup right now uh dude that was such a good time that's when our podcast started and that was fun yeah it was really fun just being able to watch the game and immediately get on here and start talking about the game (laughs) now we have like my team hasn't played a game in almost a month so jesus 
Yeah, yeah. man, dude. Hopefully Ferrer is better now. Hopefully he can start against Slovenia. Oh, yeah, man. Can't wait for him to score against Slovenia in the San Antonio FC State. <laughs> but... Anyway, we've just been rambling, guys. But like you said, LAFC versus Columbus. Make sure you watch it. It's going to be exciting. Um, if anybody knows anything about tickets for the U.S. national team game that aren't ridiculously priced, let us know because yeah. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to pay that much for a, a thing I could just easily watch on TV. But anyway, guys, that has been from the Stands Podcast, and we shall catch you guys next time. See you.